Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and you've reached the Book of Mormon Lecture Series. I've been teaching seminary and institute for the last 11 years, and uh, this is an attempt to do a deep dive into the Book of Mormon itself. I'm hoping that you'll find this uplifting and edifying. This is not an official recording of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. So if you're ready for a deep dive into the Book of Mormon, here we go. Hi, and welcome back to the Book of Mormon podcast. This is going to be uh, regarding Alma chapter 43. We are now beginning to get into the war chapters of the Book of Mormon. And uh, you wonder why would they spend so much time covering the war, um, the wars between the Lamanites and the Nephites? Why is that important for us? Since every word written in the Book of Mormon is for us today, there must be a reason for the wars so detailed. It may be that the strategies used in battle can be the same strategies we can use in building spiritual wars against or battling spiritual wars against Satan and his servants. One-tenth of the book covers wars, so they must be important for us to know, so let's try to figure it out. There are some key ideas to learn from the war section um, in the Book of Mormon. First, the Christian's attitude toward war, the importance of righteous military leaders, our attitude toward constituted government, the power and influence of a righteous home, a person's external circumstances need not determine his attitude or his faithfulness, why God allows the righteous to be slain, and a prophetic pattern of what is to come. That was Adam Millet and McConkie's. A similar pattern of social problems, priestcrafts, materialism, wars, government corruption, and disrupted life is prophesied for the last days leading to the Savior's second coming. Mormon and his son, Moroni, saw our day and took from the history and prophecies of the Nephites those events that would best help the readers of their record in the day in which it would come forth. Since Mormon knew of the wars and chaos that would characterize the last days, he abbreviated his account of the missionary efforts of Alma and the sons of Mosiah and emphasized the challenges created by war and social turmoil, along with the reaction of the righteous to those challenges. And that was by Dean Garrett. So uh, also, with regards to this chapter, Moroni's confrontation with Zarahemna teaches us the value of prophets in times of war and peace. When Zarahemna's army changed course after being frightened by the Nephite, Nephite army, Captain Moroni immediately issued two orders. First, he sent spies to follow the Lamanite army, and second, he sent men to inquire of the prophet Alma where the Lamanites might go. This is faith and works. He did everything in his power, and he called on a power higher than his own. Modern prophets have continually warned that in the latter days the adversary will attack marriage and family. More than 30 years ago, President Harold B. Lee stated, Satan's greatest threat today is to destroy the family and make a mockery of the law of chastity and the sanctity of the marriage covenant. The proclamation to the world in 1995 uh, is when it was issued. Prophets tell us where the enemy strikes next. The spiritual message is clear. Keep your eyes on the living prophets. They know where the enemy will attack. And that was by John, by the way. All right, let's get into chapter 43 then. Verse 1. Now it came to pass that the sons of Alma did go forth among the people to declare the word unto them. And Alma also himself could not rest, and he went forth. He also went forth. Now we shall say no more concerning their preaching. Now we change from the missionary work to the wars, except that they preached the word and the truth according to the spirit of prophecy and revelation. And they preached after the holy order of God, in other words, by the authority of the Melchizedek priesthood, by which they were called. And now I return to an account of the wars between the Nephites and the Lamanites in the 18th year of the reign of the judges. Mormon knew that in our day we would be faced with wars, and so he includes here how they dealt with wars in their time. 
Since Mormon dealt with war and remained a disciple of Christ, he is showing how we can live in times of war and remain disciples of Christ. So this occurs around 74 BC. Verse 4, For behold, it came to pass that the, that the Zoramites became Lamanites. Therefore, in the commencement of the eighteenth year, the people of the Nephites saw that the Lamanites were coming upon them. Therefore, they made preparations for war. Yea, they gathered together their armies in the land of Jershon. And it came to pass that the Lamanites came with their thousands, and they came into the land of Antionum, which is, which is the land of the Zoramites, and a man by the name of Zarahemna was their leader. And now as the Amalekites were of a more wicked and murderous disposition, remember that these had dissented from the church, than the Lamanites were in and of themselves. Therefore Zarahemna appointed chief captains over the Lamanites, and they were all Amalekites and Zoramites. Now this he did, that he might preserve their hatred towards the Nephites, that he might bring them into subjection to the accomplishment of his designs. For behold, his designs were to stir up the Lamanites to anger against the Nephites. This he did, that he might usurp great power over them, and also that he might gain power over the Nephites by bringing them into bondage. And now the design of the Nephites was to support their lands, and their houses, and their wives, and their children and that they might preserve them from the hands of their enemies, and also that they might preserve their rights and their privileges, and also their liberty, that they might worship God according to their desires. The reasons the Nephites went to war was to preserve their freedoms, a justifiable reason for going to war. Verse 10, For they knew that if they should fall into the hands of the Lamanites, that whosoever should worship God in spirit and in truth, the true and the living God, the Lamanites would destroy. Yea, and they also knew the extreme hatred of the Lamanites towards their brethren, who were the people of Anti-Nephi-Lehi, who were called the people of Ammon. And they would not take up arms, yea, they had entered into a covenant, and they would not break it. Therefore, if they should fall into the hands of the Lamanites, they would be destroyed. And the Nephites would not suffer that they should be destroyed, therefore they gave them lands for their inheritance. And the people of Ammon did give unto the Nephites a large portion of their substance to support their armies. And thus the Nephites were compelled alone to withstand against the Nephites, who were a compound of Laman and Lemuel and the sons of Ishmael, and all those who had dissented from the Nephites, who were Amalekites and Zoramites and the descendants of the, of the priests of Noah. Now those descendants were as numerous nearly as were the Nephites, and thus the Nephites were obliged to contend with their brethren even unto bloodshed. And it came to pass, as the armies of the Lamanites had gathered together in the land of Antionum, behold, the armies of the Nephites were prepared to meet them in the land of Jershon. Now the leader of the Nephites, or the man who had been appointed to be the chief captain over the Nephites, now the chief captain took the command of all the armies of the Nephites, and his name was Moroni. And Moroni took the command, and uh, took all the command in the government of their wars. He was, and he was only twenty and five years old when he was appointed chief captain over the armies of the Nephites. Daniel Ludlow said, Moroni may have obtained some of his new ideas on warfare from Mosiah's translation of the 24 gold plates of ether, which contained an account of the wars and contentions of the people of Jared. If so, this may have given him an advantage over the Lamanites because they did not have access to this record. Verse 18, it came to pass that he met the, the Lamanites in the borders of Jershon, and his people were armed with swords and with scimitars and all manner of weapons of war. And when the armies of the Lamanites saw that the people of Nephi, or that Moroni, had prepared his people with breastplates and with arm shields, yea, and also shields to defend their heads, and also they were dressed with thick clothing. During a time of peace and prosperity, the Nephites prepared themselves both spiritually and with arms. Preparing to defend yourself is wise to preserve your freedom and families. 
Now the army of Zarahemla was not prepared with any such thing. They had only their swords and their scimitars, their bows and their arrows, their stones and their slings. And they were naked, save it were a skin which was girded about their loins. Yea, all were naked, save it were the Zoramites and the Amalekites. But they were not armed with breastplates nor shields, therefore they were exceedingly afraid of the armies of the Nephites because of their armor, notwithstanding their number being so much greater than the Nephites. Behold, now it came to pass that they durst not come against the Nephites in the borders of Jershon. Therefore they departed out of the land of Antionum into the wilderness and took their journey round about in the wilderness away by the land of the river Sidon, that they might come into the land of Manti and take possession of the land, for they did not suppose that the armies of Moroni would know whither they had gone. But it came to pass, as soon as they had departed into the wilderness, Moroni sent spies into the wilderness to watch their camp. And Moroni, also knowing of the prophecies of Alma, sent certain men unto him, desiring him that he should inquire of the Lord whether the, whether the armies of the Nephites should go to defend themselves against the Lamanites. Our prophets and apostles are warning us and preparing us for the dangers that surround us. In using spies to find out the movements of the Lamanites, he is not only saving Nephite lives, but Lamanite lives as well. Verse 24, And it came to pass that the word of the Lord came unto Alma, and Alma informed the messengers of Moroni that the armies of the Lamanites were marching round about in the wilderness, that they might come over into the land of Manti, that they might commence an attack upon the weaker part of the people. And those messengers went and delivered the message unto Moroni. Wouldn't it be great if our government officials relied upon the prophet to help against our enemies? I guess we're doing that by sending missionaries to other countries uh, so that they won't come to battle against us, right? Verse 25, Now Moroni, leaving a part of his army in the land of Jershon, lest by any means a part of the Lamanites should come into that land and take possession of the city, took the remaining part of his army and marched over into the land of Manti. And he caused that all the people in that quarter of the land should gather themselves together to battle against the Lamanites, to defend their lands and their country, their rights and their liberties. Therefore they were prepared against the time of the coming of the Lamanites. In a First Presidency message of 1942, it says, The church is and must be against war. The church itself cannot wage war unless and until the Lord shall issue new commands. It cannot regard war as a righteous means of settling international disputes. There should and could be settled. These should and could be settled, the nations agreeing by peaceful negotiation and adjustment. But the church membership or citizens are subjects of sovereignties over which the church has no control. The Lord himself has told us to befriend that law which is the constitutional law of the land. When, when therefore, constitutional law, obedient to these principles, calls the manhood of the church into the armed service of any country to which they owe allegiance, their highest civic duty requires that they meet that call. If hearkening to that call and obeying those in command over them, they shall take the lives of those who fight against them. That will not make of them murderers, nor subject them to the penalty that God has prescribed for those who kill. Uh, in the lesson manual, it also states that test, uh, testify that war must be avoided whenever possible. However, the Lord has said that we are justified in going to war to preserve freedom, families, and the rights of religion. Additionally, if we go to war out of the duty we owe our countries, and if we are faithful to the Lord's commandments and do not delight in bloodshed, he will justify us. Verse 27, And it came to pass that Moroni caused that his army should be secreted in the valley, which was near the bank of the river Sidon, which was on the west of the river Sidon in the wilderness. And Moroni placed spies round about, that he might know when the camp of the Lamanites should come. And now as Moroni I knew the intention of the Lamanites, that it was their intention to destroy their brethren, or to subject them and bring them into bondage, that they might establish a kingdom unto themselves over all the land. 
and he also knowing that it was, it was the only desire of the Nephites to preserve their lands and their liberty and their church. Therefore, he thought it no sin that he should defend them by stratagem. Therefore, he found by his spies, which course the Lamanites were to take. Therefore, he divided his army and brought a part, of, part over into the valley and concealed them on the east and on the south of the, real, of the hill Ripla. And the remainder he concealed in the west valley on the west of the river Sidon and so down the borders of the land Manti. And thus, having placed his army according to his desire, he was prepared to meet them. And it came to pass that the Lamanites came up on the north of the hill, where a part of the army of Moroni was concealed. And as the Lamanites had passed the hill Ripla, and came into the valley, and began to cross the river Sidon, the army which was concealed on the south of the hill, which was led by a man whose name was Lehi, and he led his army forth, and encircled the Lamanites about on the east of their rear, in their rear. And it came to pass that the Lamanites, when they saw the Nephites coming upon them in their rear, turned, to, turned them about and began to contend with the army of Lehi. And the work of death commenced on both sides, but it was more dreadful on the part of the Lamanites, for their nakedness was exposed to the heavy blows of the Nephites with their swords and, with, and their scimitars, which brought death almost at every stroke. While on the other hand, there was now and then a man fell among the, among the Nephites by their swords and the loss of blood, they being shielded the, from the more vital parts of the body, or the more vital parts of the body being shielded from the strokes of the Lamanites by their breastplates and their armor shields, arm shields and their headplates, and thus the Nephites did carry on the work of death among the Lamanites. And it came to pass that the Lamanites became frightened because of, their great, of the great destruction among them, even until they began to flee towards the river Sidon. And they were pursued by Lehi and his men, and they were driven by Lehi into the waters of Sidon. And they crossed the waters of Sidon, and Lehi retained his armies upon the bank of the river Sidon, that they should not cross. And it came to pass that Moroni and his army met the Lamanites in the valley on the other side of the river Sidon, and began to fall upon them and to slay them. And the Lamanites did flee again before them towards the land of Manti, and they were met again by the armies of Moroni. Now in this case the Lamanites did fight exceedingly, yea, never had the Lamanites been known to fight with such exceedingly great strength and courage, no, not even from the beginning. And they were inspired by the Zoramites and the Amalekites, who were their chief captains and leaders, and by Zarahemna, who was their chief captain, or their chief leader and commander. Yea, they did fight like dragons, and many of the Nephites were slain by their hands. Yea, for they did smite in two many of their headplates, and they did pierce many of their breastplates, and they did smite off many of their arms, and thus the Lamanites did smite in their fierce anger. Nevertheless, the Nephites were inspired by a better cause, for they were not fighting for monarchy nor power, but they were fighting for their homes and their liberties, their wives and their children, and their all, yea, for their rights of worship and their church. Sister Sherry Dew said, Twelve years ago, President Benson taught, Never before in the face of this earth have the forces of evil and the forces of good been as well organized. The final outcome is certain. The forces of righteousness will win. But what remains to be seen is where each of us will stand in the battle and how tall we will stand. Great battles can make great heroes and heroines. Are we not like Captain Moroni's army who, though vastly outnumbered, were inspired by, our, by a better cause? For they were not fighting for monarchy nor power, but were fighting for their homes and their liberties. You and I compose a pivotal battalion in the army of the Lord. May we arise in this, the greatest cause on earth. May we go forward together in the strength of the Lord. More than ever, he needs our, our faith and faithfulness, our vitality and our ingenuity, our unwavering commitment and conviction. This life is a test. It is also a glorious privilege. May we work toward the king of the kind of big finish the Apostle Paul described. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith.
Verse 46, And they were doing that which they felt was the duty which they owed to their God. For the Lord had said unto them, and also unto their fathers, that inasmuch as they are, that ye are not guilty of the first offense, neither the second, or, in other words, the Nephites are not the aggressors, ye shall not suffer yourselves to be slain by the hands of your enemies. Remember that in section 98 uh, is the information regarding what's called the law of retribution. So long as we uh, don't, don't be the aggressors that we're not on the attack, on the offense, then the Lord will protect us. Section 98, though, has some really good information about that. President David McKay said, I still say there are conditions when entrance into war is justifiable and when a Christian nation may, without violation of principles, take up arms against an opposing force. Such a condition, however, is not a real or fancied insult given by one nation to another. When this occurs, proper reparation may be made by mutual understanding, apology, or by arbitration. Neither is there justifiable cause found in a desire or even a need for territorial expansion. The taking of territory implies the subjugation of the weak to the strong, the application of the jungle law, nor is war justified in an attempt to enforce a new order of government or even to impel others to a particular form of worship, however better the government or eternally true the principles of the enforced religion may be. And then um, he also said there are However, two conditions which may justify a truly Christian man to enter, mind you, I say enter, not begin a war, an attempt to dominate and to deprive another of his free agency and loyalty to his country. Possibly there is a third, that is, defense of a weak nation that is being unjustly crushed by a strong, ruthless one. Verse 47. And again the Lord has said that ye shall defend your families even unto bloodshed, therefore for this cause were the Nephites contending with the Lamanites to defend themselves and their families and their lands, their country and their rights and their religion. Elder Packer said a message of the First Presidency states the church is and, is and must be against war. Uh, I already quoted that one, I think. Down to verse 48. And it, and it came to pass that when the men of Moroni saw the fierceness and the anger of the Lamanites, they were about to shrink and flee from them. And Moroni, perceiving their intent, sent forth and inspired their hearts with these thoughts, yea, the thoughts of their lands, their liberty, yea, their freedom from bondage. And it came to pass that they turned upon the Lamanites, and they cried with one voice unto the Lord their God for their liberty and their freedom from bondage. In other words, they relied upon the Lord to save them, even after all they could do, and so should we. And they began to stand against the Lamanites with power, and in that selfsame hour that they cried unto the Lord for their freedom, the Lamanites began to flee before them, and they fled even to the waters of Sidon. Now the Lamanites were more numerous, yea, by more than double the number of the Nephites. Nevertheless, they were driven insomuch that they were gathered together in one body in the valley upon the bank of the river Sidon. Therefore the armies of Moroni encircled them about, yea, even on both sides of the river, for behold, on the east were the men of Lehi. Therefore, when Zarahemna saw the men of Lehi on the east of the river Sidon, and the armies of Moroni on the west of the river Sidon, that they were encircled about by the Nephites, they were struck with terror. How could such a ferocious group of men become terrified of Moroni, who didn't even want to harm them? Now Moroni, when he saw their terror, commanded his men that they should stop shedding their blood. Notice that Moroni has the proper ideas of war. It's not to kill people, it's to stop them from from killing themselves or killing each other. And so Moroni stops the battle because he knows he can just wipe them out if he wanted to, but that's not his intent. And so um, this shows also the the goodness of Moroni in spite of this uh, situation of, of being in battle like this. I bear testimony that these things are true, that this is a good uh, explanation or a good description of how we're supposed to behave during war, uh, that we uh, seek the prophet's help and then uh, don't try to kill 
our enemy, but try to reason with them and talk them out of fighting. This I say in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time.